Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Pastor Brad and Christy. Well, today, friends, it's a whole new episode with a new friend to the podcast. We're talking to Ashley today. So here are your hosts, Pastor Brad and Christy. Good morning, Christy. Hello. Welcome. Good evening, wherever you are in the world today. Welcome. um, Yeah. Welcome to our guest. We're excited to have you here, Ashley. Hello, hello. Thank you, Ashley Mack, for making time to be with us today. Yes. Thanks for inviting me. And you um, you gave us our topic. Absolutely. Our Bree did not introduce our topic. She did not give a title. She forgot it. She was so... She was excited about... A flutter about Ashley being here. The one, the only, the great, the inspirer of the staff, the one who keeps us on schedule, the one who... Helps keep our ship running in a straight direction. Ashley, thank you for all you do, and thank you for being part of our show today. Ashley came to us with a topic, and she wanted us to discuss church hurt. Church and hurt. Hurt? You are, probably... Are we? Hurt, have been. are we? Oh, hurt you have been? Probably, probably so. A lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But update on our life, man, it was a great week. This week, Christy and I were able to have a Zoom call with Jessica. Wait for it. How do you say her last name? Coy. Coy. That girl, I told her first thing, she could be from Louisiana. Because it's nothing like it's spelled. <laughs> Absolutely. Would have missed that, Jessica. Thank you so much for the time that you shared with us this week. It was so nice to meet you and uh, to be part of our listening audience and uh, sharing our podcast with your friends, and also for today, hopefully you're listening to us through those brand new AirPods Pros. AirPod Pros, that's right. So, but um, just so you know, we she hadn't gotten them yet, so because they had to be mailed. So I'm guessing you know it's not instant. So it's going to be a, de- a a day before she gets them. But Jessica, we included something a little special for you in there too. So we did. Hope you'll enjoy it. So, so our what life, else is going man, on in it your is life? crazy. Is school it? is. I'm thinking it's getting into a routine. School, you do everything every day. You know, like you, you get up, you go to carpool, you go through carpool, you get, you have your work day, and then you go back through carpool. That's my life. I went through carpool for the first time this week, um, this one morning, and I just want to give a shout out to the people at Phoenix because efficient they are. Efficient, they definitely Man, we are. just like zoom. They zoom, can I do mean. that carpool. They have it down to a. That's right. They 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 are great at Phoenix. And um, we when we did get to talk to Jessica yesterday, she was actually sitting it's in car- carpool. I think that's how she said she found us was listening She's, to podcasts and her car rider lines. So. Yes, she sits in car rider line because her <clears> children <throat> are at two different schools in two different counties, and she sits in car rider line for over an hour every day. And we do not do that. We are very blessed because Phoenix has it down to a science. If you want to go and sit, if you want to get there early and you can sit, and some days I do, not very often, for everyone who knows me, I'm not early. Anymore. Early she is not. Uh, <laughs> you are really coming out with these today. I know. <laughs> Boom. Speaking podcast title talk. That's what Write those down. Here we go. We got, we got okay. upcoming um, topics right here. Back they to are. Late she is. What is it? No. I didn't say that. <laughs> early. I mean, no, he said early, early she is not. If early she is not, then I don't have to say what the other is. And 
and indict myself. So anyway, I'm not early. I don't sit in car rider line a lot. And so um, we are blessed that when we do get there right on time, they allow us to drive right through because they are very efficient. And Bree has, Bree, you've worked with a couple of carpool lines. And oh, I have been through my share of carpool lines. A couple of different, and um, Bree has worked as a nanny in the past. And um, she's been through some car carpool lines and, and they are really good at our particular school. They're I have very, been the one in line like an hour and a half before. Oh my gosh, that would be... I am the people y'all talk about. That's like a com- a serious commitment, you know? I mean, like, it's not fun, but I do love some uninterrupted car time, you know? Like you're just sitting in one spot. You don't have, you don't have to do anything. That's true. That's true. You do. I don't know it's, it's what like time a- those people get there, though. And it's not just car rider. Because my dad <laughs> called me the other day, and he said, it was early. And I said, uh, what right. you doing? He said, well, I'm waiting to get my oil changed. It's like 6... 45 in the morning. He and said, you got to get here early. And they don't. this place does not open until 7. And so his dad got there early and was disappointed because... He was not first. He was not the first one to So the next, the he took the other vehicle back the next day and he was there at 6.30 and he was not... The first. Nope. So there are other people in line ahead of him? Indeed. To get Where? their oil changed. What? I don't, Y'all can't make an appointment and just drop that car off? I don't know. I mean, like, there are places, like, you can just drive through. You don't even have to make an appointment. You Those can are literally drive through, sit in the car. While they change your oil. While they change your oil. And then you can drive away, and it doesn't take up the amount of time that Mr. Five minutes. They advertise Brad's it. dad sits five minutes, and it doesn't take up the amount of time that he just sits waiting before they even start the oil change thing. But, but not all not all oil change places are created equal. They are not, and I will say he is going to a place that, like, checks everything right. and does and it's a locally know, owned business we do diagnostics like to shop local. or whatever yes and that does not surprise me when it, you said that your dad was one who did this yeah. so that says a lot about the place of business though if somebody's yeah. willing to get there that early and wait, my so. dad my my parents were like polar opposites on this like my dad would get somewhere 30 minutes early he had the the brian webb concept you know if you're if you're not 10 minutes early, you're then you're early, late. early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't even bother showing up. Right. Mm-hmm. That is his concept. But if you're not 10 minutes, he says, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. That's what Brian tells me. And so I'm always late. But anyway, um, my dad was like that. He would go early for the car change and all that stuff. And my mom would be like, you know, I'm 10,000 miles over it. Can somebody else go sit <laughs> to get my car changed or whatever? No, she starts before that. But... But she does not go early, and she's not early. And I take after my mom in that particular incident because I, too, am not early. <laughs> well, I'm curious. We should make a poll. Are you the kind to get there early, or are you the kind to get there late? We'll right. ask that this week. That's that's our poll this week, yeah. So, any other way, other things a, going on. A, B, or C. There you go. Some people do just shoot for being on So, the family's great. Uh, kids are in school. We got a picture today from one of the twins. It was their last first day of Louisiana Tech. Um, yep. you know, everybody has their first day picks, and their seniors this year will be graduating and then moving on to the next level. And so, our life is off and running. We are. We have a, um, I think I talked about this last week. I don't remember, but we have a reader in our house. Mm. He, speaking of taking after your parents, Bradley is enjoying reading and bless his heart. We He goes through books so quickly that, I mean, they're on his level or whatever. And I'm like, I don't think he really read that. So Ella has begun quizzing him on the books. 
And so I go into Walmart. She stayed in the car with an adult. I did not leave my kids in Walmart parking lot. There was an adult in the car with her. And I come back and Nellie goes, he passed his test and he did really well. <laughs> I said, did he? And she said, yes. He's not just looking at the pictures. He's reading the words too. <laughs> so, so we After have his a daddy, he does not a, take. <laughs> He, uh, we have a reader and a teacher in our, because she had that whole little test made out and she had him answering questions. So it was cute. But yeah, the things, it's so fun to watch him. You know, this is his first year to get to go to the library and, and he's all about, I got a book. And so anyway, so that's what's happening in our lives. We read books a lot right now mm-hmm. because every day he comes in and he's like, dad, I got this book. And you know. He did ask Brie for a book, and he was, and he likes to tell you, like, I read this book. And he doesn't like the little books. Like, you know, he wants it to be, like, a chapter book. And so we are learning really weird chapter books, like Dog Man and Fly Guy and <laughs> those kind of things. But anyway, so that's our life right now, the interesting world of Male, he was with me in the male child readers. I've, I've never been, you know, I've never had was, a male child. He reader. was with me in the shop the other day for quite a while. And Christy came out there and she said, had her phone in her hand. And she said, I was expecting to get a picture of, you know, him building something, working on something, being covered in dirt or grease. And all of a sudden she comes and there he sits in a, a, um, chair, a lawn chair with his karate uniform on reading a book. Amongst all this. In Brad's shop with the tractors and the lawnmowers and all the tools and stuff. He's sitting in the middle of all this chaos. She's never been prouder. (laughs) He's my child. Although before we jump into our topic, one more thing, because Christy and I have talked about this. And so, uh, uh, you know, Christy's like so proud of him. And she's like, Brad, I read all the time, you know, and, and, um, He's like, no, you don't. You don't read all the time. And she, and she said, yes, I do. I'm like always reading my Kindle. And he's like, Mom, you're playing games on that thing. He thought all my time on my Kindle was playing games. Like, I don't even, there's literally not a game on my Kindle. And if it is, it's because he's downloaded it. Um, so we, I do not play games on my we Kindle. We talked about that several times, though, in the familiar circle, is that a lot of times, you know, we're at home working on our phones. You know, you're responding like, to emails, checking emails, working. sending text, mess- text messages, literally that on our phones or your iPad. But many times your kids think you're playing games and then you're fussing at them for having too much screen time. And so we talked about how sometimes we need to try to go to a computer if we're working at home so they understand that you're literally, you're literally doing something working. different. So yes. anyway, we we don't want to use up all of our time talking about that. Ashley, thank you for the topic we've asked many of you to share topics that you would like to um talk us to talk about and one of the ones that ashley asked us to speak on was church hurt and if you've been around church for any amount of time you have experienced church hurt matter of fact there's a great i mean when you just google church hurt or anything about that there's like page after page after page and there are many reasons that people experience church hurt one of the top reasons is because they elevate leaders in a position more than human nature. And then when that person doesn't live up to the expectation that they think they have, when they show their, well, as my mentor, Pastor Ken Arnold says, one of the saddest days in your life is when you realize um, that your spiritual heroes have clay feet, you know, that they're human. Yeah. And, um, and I think that happens a lot of times, and um, it lets people down. I, I said this last Sunday in my sermon, you know, please 
please don't look to me. I'm going to disappoint you. I'm going to frustrate you. I'm going to let you down because I are human. And um, in that whole context, you know, but then, you know, then it comes back to a double standard. I think a lot of times uh, churches have so many double standards. You know, they have one set of standard for a person who has a lot of money and influence and prestige in the church. And, and then the others, you know, man, maybe poor or less fortunate people. They try to hold them to a different standard. There's so many different reasons that a person can experience church hurt. But I think one of the greatest things that really penetrate the heart of people is, is betrayal. And you feel like the person that you look to the most turn their back on you. I remember at the darkest time in my life, I had about four, four compounding storms brewing in my life. And the one that was a, a proverbial straw that broke the camel's back was when my peers in ministry started turning their back on me. You know, we really see that in the book of Job. You know, his friends came. Job's life was in the pits, man. Literally, he was sitting in the city dump uh lost all that he had it was just him and his wife and 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 his friends come in and they begin to they just sat there for seven days you know then on the seventh day they started giving advice and uh man job just felt like okay now you've turned on me you know and i think that's what's hard is when you look to people who think that um you, you know have your back and you the perception is that they've turned their back on you uh, I agree. That, you, you said a lot. You, you looked at me. And I was said, on a what? roll. All right, come on, comment. And there's a lot. Of, I, I, there's a I, lot I, to comment on there. You. Yeah. Um, there, 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 there's just a lot. I don't even know where to start on on some of that stuff. Um, but I was I was stopped on the Job sat in the city dump for seven days and didn't talk. I think a lot of times you're you're like, uh, especially when you're a girl and uh, if you if you um, share with certain people, they always want to fix it. Like, oh, well, let's fix it somehow, you know, let's tell them what we think or let's do that. And these people, and in that example, you said they sat there for seven days and I don't know, thought about it, contemplated it, and then they gave advice. And a lot of times you get hurt if you say, well, you should go and say this or you should go and say that. And if that person doesn't, then now the, another person's offended. Well, you didn't take my advice. Don't come, don't tell me anymore because you didn't take my advice or whatever. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of ways to be offended. So, a Ashley, um, you know, the context of your question, um, you know, is that is that somewhere close to what you were thinking and you know experiencing many times with people? Um, yeah. So, thanks, Bree. Um, <laughs> a microphone Incredible. adjustment. I'm not used to doing this. Okay. Um, yeah. So, this kind of this topic has been coming up a lot lately just with um, people that I know personally who don't attend church anymore. Um, And it hurts a lot because it's almost perceived that I'm the one who's sinning now because I belong to a entity that um, promotes um, self-righteousness above human experience. And so I think that's a lot of where these conflicting ideas come from and a lot of where hurt, church hurt begins mm-hmm. is that, like you said, um, churches promote leaders and put them on this pedestal as if they're perfect and can never fail and can never mess up. And when they do, people don't understand it 
and they feel like there has been a betrayal or there has been some mis there has been misinformation given and mm-hmm. and that breaks trust. Mm-hmm. And trust is a thing that is gained quickly but it, or is gained over time but is lost very quickly. And yep. so learning how to process that and work through that in a church world, in the church world is something that is is not really openly talked about, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of frustrations are. And I think that's where a lot of people um, just kind of hang out. Because if you hurt me once, why am I going back? Right. It's interesting that you said that because Barna did some research and said that 83% of all adults label themselves as Christians. The percentage is lower among unchurched. But most of the people who are unchurched today call themselves Christians. Yeah. You know, I, I read a, a, something Barna had is that four out of 10 people have left the church because of hurt. Right. And the hurt happens many ways, you know. Um, and boy, you said something that was a whole podcast unto itself is that um, human experience. Uh, how'd you say that? They put human experience so above. They, yeah, they they promote spiritual righteousness over human or self-righteousness mm-hmm. over human experiences when it very clearly states in the Bible that we are humans and we are born into Mm -hmm. sin. We were born into a sinful world innately. We are sinful. And so as a, as the big C church, I think Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times they've Mm -hmm. given the persona that are given off the um, idea that the pastor is this, this all knowing, all um, understanding. The pastor is God. The person, the the pastor almost becomes God on earth. Wow. And is the direct connection and anything he says is law. So yeah, that puts a lot of responsibility on the pastor himself. And I feel like a lot of times that person, whoever that is, feels like they have to live up to this standard. Mm -hmm. And again, we're humans. We are, we don't know all we're not God in any mm-hmm. respect of that. Um, we strive to be, we strive to live as Jesus lived. We strive to show love as Jesus showed love. But at the end of the day, you're human. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things on that, that is so challenging is, <clears throat> you, you know, when you, when you live your life according to God's word in the culture and time that we live in, then human experience and what I feel trumps what God says, you know, and, uh, anything less than what I'm feeling, you know, is hypocritical or it's a judgmental, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's interesting. You brought me this topic because we've been doing preparing for a sermon series that we'll start in a couple of weeks called why church. And this came out of the concept that right now, um, the I church, little I, you know, like iTunes, I, I watch all that stuff. I church because people are attending virtually now. Um, I, I came up, the Lord really pressed on my heart, the Y church, letter Y, but also meaning why go, why attend? Is it really worth it? You know, and um, this because the majority of people are walking away, especially in the millennial age bracket, you know, over 60% have literally left the church and it all boils back down to hurt some kind of way. They perceive it as hurt. And, um, you know, a lot of times though, guys, you know, we have a saying at family of grace, if you're going to leave, please leave well. And, uh, I met with someone recently that, that had left and, and man, for years I've just been thinking, 
several years, probably about three years. What, what, what could I have said? What could I have done only to find out, man, it wasn't nothing I thought, you know, like I'd have never in a million years guessed the reason that they gave. And so, you know, the devil wants us to separate. He wants us to come apart and the universal church is doing a very good job of giving them plenty of ammunition because they promote good business people above good godly people. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to be influential yeah. and they and, and they're good at what they do. Their business is successful. They they're rising in the ranks. So they must be good for the church when when they really don't have godly compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, and um you know, there's a lot of things that you can dive into and strain in a gnat but yet swallow a camel as the Bible puts it, but you know, hurt is real and it's deep. Uh, someone once said, there's no hurt like church hurt, you know, because it's just, uh, pastors experience this, you know, and, uh, parishioners experience this, but it's amazing that the majority of people that call themselves Christian are starting to walk away from the church because of hurt. Another one is, I believe because of irrelevancy, they feel like the church is totally irrelevant to the world they live in today. Yeah. Because they are so self-centered in building their kingdom, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the reason that people. Um, I'm sorry. Every time Ashley speaks, Bree has to adjust the microphone. I'm not used to this. This is not my professional. Just let her roll with it. She's but not. I think because I think the reason why a lot of millennials are leaving church is you're right. One is relevancy, and two, it's the acknowledgement of. Um, in dealing with hurt, it's the acknowledgement that there was a hurt. Because a lot of times, if people don't want um, their image blemished, they will sweep whatever problems they have under the rug. And I believe that this is this generation, the millennial generation, is a generation that saw a lot of things that they questioned, and then it was swept under the rug, and it was never dealt with openly mm-hmm. um, or dealt with at that. all to a point of reconciliation. And so, if if the church who's supposed to be the leader um, is supposed to be the forefront, the tip of the spear in our communities in giving people hope are doing things that aren't um, leaving hope and are doing things that are leaving more questions than they have answers to and no one's acknowledging it, then I believe that is part of, if not the root of why people aren't returning to church mm-hmm. and, a part, and a big root as to why church hurt is such a thing, is a thing that people claim and the thing that people stand by. Because um, I know a good group of my friends ironically they were the ones who got me into church they no longer attend Mm -hmm. because they've seen leadership in church do it wrong Mm -hmm. Um, one of them went through a church split that was really ugly and they said never again you know Mm -hmm. I believe in God and I will worship God my way but I will no longer participate in organized religion Mm -hmm. and to this day she's just like I don't understand how you sit there I don't understand how you can sit there and be in that building and listen to those people knowing that it's all about them. And that's her perception of what happened. Now, right. no one's ever, no one from her experience has ever taken the time to stop and come back and say, here's what, ha- here's what, here's our perspective. Let's talk about this. I think that's the major problem though mm-hmm. with people not coming back to church is that no one's willing to talk about, yeah, we're human. Here's, a, here's, here's what laid out. Here's what happened. People are so, it's easier to not deal with the problem than it is to expose what really happened and what went wrong and mistakes. Again, mm-hmm. we're human. People make mistakes 
And people think that people that belong to the church are perfect and can't make mistakes. And that's wrong. That's the wrong perception. And they have the perception of one person. Right. Their, their, their opinion, I guess you would say, of one person can change their entire thoughts on a church, on a church. as a whole. Yeah. You know, because that one person represent, to them mm-hmm. represents the church. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Well, I think one of the challenges, too, is that a lot, you, you touched on it, Ashley. You said, I don't know, you know, I'll never again go to church. But I think a lot of times, and you hear this saying a lot. Um, in fact, in an earlier meeting this morning, I had this conversation with someone. They'll say, well, I got to get back in church. You know, but the the church is is the the bride of Christ. The church is what God ordained to carry out the work of the ministry. The church is what God gave the ministry of reconciliation to. Mm-hmm. But then the church gave away their ministry mm. because reconciliation is hard. You know, reckon, you know, like it's hard enough to reconcile people in one ethnic group and one cultural group and one socioeconomic group and one generational group, much less when you're trying to reach all of those. Mm-hmm. You know, and man, then I have to truly be transparent. I was, I was, um, I was studying a, a scripture this morning out of the Old Testament about the city of refuge, and it says that when that person was running for their life, that they were to take them into the city of refuge, and 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 let them live among them, and love them like their own. And I think the problem is that the church has become so churchy that it forgot what it was like to be lost. Mm. and to be hurting and to be, you know, Ashley, you and I were having a conversation earlier. Just, you know, somebody asked me, why did you start a church? And, and because I've been doing a lot of ministry with families that have COVID. And it's because when I moved to Alexandria, there was over 80,000 people who were unchurched or underchurched is what they call the people who were once part of the church, but have left the church. They call them underchurched in the, in the church world. Um, there's there's over 80,000 people who, you know, like the person you were speaking to earlier who, man, when they're isolated and they're all alone and, and they're dying and they're losing a family member, they lost a job or, you know, they don't know where to turn. They don't have people to come along beside them. And that was my, that's, that's what I get up in the morning for. You know, I think that's what I told you earlier. Yeah. That's why we do what we do, you know, and so, yeah. um, the church is the only thing, though, that really doesn't get a second chance for a lot of people. I was thinking that. You know, you you go to um, a restaurant and, you know, they spill your food on you or whatever. And you're like, oh, it was a really bad experience. But I'll give them another chance because, you know, yeah. they were having a bad night or whatever. And then you come to church and you have that one person. And I was actually thinking in the terms of that one person represents the whole church. Whereas, you know, you have a bad experience at McDonald's. You don't necessarily never eat at a McDonald's anywhere in the world. You just don't go back to that one. Whereas in the church, if you have a problem with that one person, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm done with yeah. all churches. All I'm churches done with going together. with church all together or whatever. And so I was thinking when you said that earlier, it is the church gets one chance and that's yeah. it. But, you know, you touched on the restaurant deal. If you don't go back to a restaurant, it's very seldom because the food was bad. It's because of the experience. It's because of the experience. The service, the time it took, whatever, you know. um, It's normally not because the food was terrible. 
it's like what you went through to get your food. And a lot of times that's how it is with the church. You know, that one, and the only interaction you really have is with that waiter or waitress, uh, the person serving you. And a lot of times that's how the church is. It's that one person, you know, and that one person is a hypocrite. I mean, the church has hypocrites. And they find that one person, they say the whole church is bad. Ecclesiastes put it this way. One little fly ruins the whole ointment. You know, if a fly gets in the ointment. And, um, you know, I just I just thinking about people out there that are struggling and how that's actually what the, the enemy wants to do is separate us and keep us from the place. And For any you reason. Know, in any way he can. Now, I will say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say something that I'll probably get some feedback from. But I understand why people don't want to go to church. I've been to churches that if that's the only church I ever had, I would have home church. Hmm. You know? And uh, it's one of the reasons that led me to start Family of Grace. Because every church that I had ever been part of was really only concerned about the spiritual. You know, like, am I going to heaven? Heaven and hell. Heaven and hell. You know, and... And everything had to do about the spiritual, but then there was the, but me as a person is made up of not just a spiritual being, but I have the psychological aspect, the emotional aspect and the physical aspect of my life. And when I, God led me to plant family of grace church, I wanted to minister to the whole person. And that's a foreign concept. You know, when people ask me what makes family of grace different, I tell them that. And they're like, that makes a lot of sense but I've never heard that, you know? Yeah. That's the whole human experience part. You know, we're not here just to make sure you get to heaven. What about that in between time? There's a lot of living you got to do between the day you accept Christ and you get into heaven. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are going to happen to you. So where does, where does my, my mental stability come from? What, where Mm -hmm. does my, How do I figure out, I think y'all did a podcast on it last week. How do I figure out how to show that I love God and how do I show the love of God to others? Mm -hmm. There's a lot we got to work out between us accepting and believing that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then getting to heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, to me, that's why I I came to Family of Grace because we do minister to the whole person. Mm -hmm. And that includes the human experience and everything that you have to go through. Um, The church was never meant to be a building where people just came, worshiped, and left. The church was supposed to be a part of the community where you come and you get hope. Mm-hmm. In your darkest days, at your worst time, you can come to the church and find some kind of hope. Hope for tomorrow. Hope with the ability to wake up tomorrow morning. Hope and the ability to wake up the next day. Purpose. That's why we have church. That's why churches used to mm-hmm. be put in the center of cities. Mm-hmm. That's where you came to. That's where you came to for your res- That was your resource for help. And I think, um, like you said earlier, the church has um, not stewarded that well in the Western society. And I think um, as a society, we've kind of, um, as a culture as a whole, we've kind of just began to look towards government and towards other things to fulfill the the things that the church wasn't doing. We have two things that is really hard. Uh, We have a Western view of the Bible. Like we think the Bible was written for the Western church. (laughs) Yes. When it was written way before America ever was, (laughs) or Canada and and in the Western Hemisphere. And then we think um, that uh, we have a Western view of salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, what true salvation looks like. I remember talking to uh, someone who had just struggled with losing a family member. And, 
you know, do they know Christ? Do they not know Christ? And, you know, they never walked down an aisle. They never took a preacher by the hand. But, you know, what is biblical salvation? You know, biblical salvation in Romans teaches us that we must believe with our heart the Lord Jesus, believe that he was crucified and raised from the dead, and with the heart you believe unto righteousness. You know, but, man, we have this view that you've got to go through these steps and all these different denominations have something different extra that they add on to right. the, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ashley, uh, this is such a deep topic. Um, do you have any questions you want just us to answer? Something maybe some of your friends have shared with you and kind of in the closing moments here? So um, some questions <laughs> that I would throw out. <laughs> all right. Uh would be just as a as a believer, as someone who attends church on a regular basis, how do we um, begin to reconcile to those that we know have experienced church hurt um, without pressuring them to be like us? If that makes sense. So um, I have a fr- I have several friends. I have one friend in particular that lives um, in Texas, and. <clears throat> He um, experienced a lot of church hurt. His father was a pastor. Um, and, you know, a, a disagreement happened between his father and the lead pastor. Mm-hmm. And the way that that was um, exposed to the church was very uh, just wrong and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And so now he has a disdain for everything church related. He's actually just kind of went the complete opposite in the way of living and is living in open sin now mm-hmm. and it's celebrated in society, but he still has a hunger for knowledge of the Lord because I'll talk to him and he'll be like, okay, so what is God doing? And that is still something that, I mean, that's something he learned from a young age. Mm-hmm. You know, when I met him in high school, um, that's something that we would ask each other. What's, what's God telling you? What's God teaching you? Mm-hmm. What's God doing um, in your life? And what are you, what are you looking forward to? And so when I talk to him, he still asks the same questions, but then in the same conversation, he'll say, well, I'll never step foot in another church. So how do I begin to help him understand one, that God still loves him no matter what. And two, that, um, church, church isn't bad anymore. Like you can, like, how do I help them begin to overcome that? I don't know that you can say church is not bad anymore because like your, I mean, you know, like. Again, you can't say one church is, you know, better than the yeah, are, are or okay. all of them are okay because you're you're good in yours or whatever. It. Yeah, but um, I think and and I'm not the pastor here. Um, my opinion, I'll just give you my opinion. I'm also not trying to influence <laughs> anyone's opinion, but influencers, you are. <laughs> my opinion is that first of all, you have to let them know that. Um, it is okay to be mad about it and it is okay to be upset about it. You know, it's not like, Oh, well, it's the church. You just don't question it. You don't, you don't have a right. Just get over it and go on. That's the first thing I think. The other thing is, um, just say, you know, you have to say, well, it, it, not they're not all alike and and maybe you say it once maybe you say it 500 times not all churches are alike and not all entities Mm -hmm. of the church are alike or whatever and um i think a lot of times we forget that it's in god's hands we just have to pray that that person god leads that person back to where 
they are and that they can do, you know, God's work, not inside a church. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a couple of things too, Ashley, you know, start back at the foundation you know, if you can, if because because he's still open to the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so that's a whole different conversation when somebody's open to the gospel. But you know, if <clears throat> that Jesus, right before he died, he had communion with the disciples, and he said, "Are you any greater than? Are you greater than I am?" You know, when he was washing their feet, mm-hmm. and he says, "If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you," and. You know, the thing about that is that even Jesus had a disciple that was a hypocrite, Judas. He literally kissed the cheek of Jesus, you know, and, you know, there's doctors that have lost their license because of malpractice. There's lawyers that have lost their license because of malpractice. The problem is they don't preachers don't lose their license over malpractice they just move on to another place and we have situational christianity and how christian do i need to be at this moment and in that context your friend or whoever's listening has to realize that the church is made up of people who are flawed they're saved they're redeemed but we still have a, a sin nature. And, um, but, but even Jesus had one that sold him out, you know, like your friend, that guy turned on your, your the pastor turned on your friend's dad or and preachers. Are, look, they make their beds. They drive me crazy a lot of times, but, um, yeah, I honestly, <laughs> me too. Me honestly, too. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm kind of sick of church, you know, and what they stand for because it's not authentic and it's, it's, it's lost. It's, they've lost the mission statement of what they're supposed to be about. And they're in this competition amongst themselves. And, um, but even Jesus had that problem. And, and, and the most important thing that I would say, and this is what I use all the time. Um, I remember that time that guy told me, I had this in a sermon not long ago. He told me all the reasons he wouldn't come back to my church. And I was like, is that all you got? I was like, I can give you a whole lot better reasons to come back. What's all not, not come back. Come back. Not oh, back. your list. But here's the thing I'll say. Um, it's hard for you to say you love me and hate my wife. You know, if you say, Brad, I like you, you can come over to my house. You can, you can have fellowship with me anytime. Anything I want, you can have. But then don't bring your wife with you. And what we forget is that the church is the bride. And, you know, if you talk bad about my wife, I'm not going to hang out with you. I'm just not going to do it. And so you got to realize that if you say you love God and you are the church, you're a Christian, then you're the bride of Christ. And, and so, you know, yes, there's, we see this all the time when people move off for work and they're just like, I can't find another church like family of grace, not to blow our own harm, but it's cause they look and they search and they're looking for something that's authentic and something that's true. And it's just not out there, but don't quit searching, you know, and we're not any better than Jesus. So. Accepting it flaws and all because mm-hmm. yeah, we are human. 
That's right. That is correct. <clears throat> Some other questions? I know we're a little long here, but it's good stuff. It is. So I guess just kind of in the way of if I'm a member of the church and I'm just trying to, and I have a friend and I'm trying to help, um, there's a fine line between tolerance and grace. Mm. Wow, her questions are hard. Where? That, that's another podcast. <laughs> <clears throat> where's the, where's I, not asking where's the line, but if I'm talking to someone who's experienced church hurt, what do I do with, I mean, if they're just constantly bashing and, you know, I don't want to be seen as someone that just kind of placates to what they're saying and agreeing with, but I also want to give grace because I know that they're trying to heal at what point for me personally or for anyone out there personally who's in similar situations, does, well, grace, oh, does grace turn into tolerance and what do we do with that? Well, I think, and as Christy said, that's a deep subject. Um, oh, right. It's a whole her, conversation. Her um, but Sorry, I'm a deep thinker. it's not just what church heard. It's with everything. Yeah. You know, whether it's, can I drink? Can I not drink? You know, um, you know, can I love somebody of the same sex? You know, I mean, you know, can I love somebody else's wife? You know, um, and, and it's anytime you, anytime you go back to, anytime you try to hold up a standard, you're seen as judgmental. Yes. And so what I would say is, it's one thing, number one, we need to have a relationship with people who are hurting because Jesus hung out with people who were hurting and it really ticked off the religious folk of that day. Very much. That's so. the reason he gave the parable in Luke 14 or 15, Luke 15 of the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. Cause it starts off and says, and he was hanging out with tax collectors and sinners and it made the religious folk unhappy. And I remember when we started family of grace church on the North end of town, Next door, literally the building next door to us, like our parking lots joined, um, was off-track bedding. On the other side was an adult uh, entertainment, like a video. video store. You could literally go in there and watch adult movies. Across the street was a, a um, they call them a gentleman's club. Where, I don't know why that's a gentleman where women take their clothes off, but... And I remember a guy said, I can't believe you put your church in the middle of all that. And he really called me on kind of a bad day. And I said, I can't believe you built your church across the street from another church. <laughs> I said, sick people need the doctor. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. He said, I come to seek and to save those which are lost. And in that context, you know, I think we have to have a relationship with those people. But now when, they, when they're constantly beating up on somebody you love, I don't think you should sit there and listen to it either. You should just say, I know how you feel about that, but, you know, I love my church. And when you're beating up on the universal church, you're beating up on something that I'm part of and I love. And, and the same way, you know, like it's one thing to give grace and have a relationship with somebody whose life is not lining up with what God's expectations are for them. But it's another thing to say, you know, we had this conversation with Ricky Shillette. You know, it's one thing to say, I love you. Um, well, one of the kids asked the question, you know, to Ricky, you know, so can I have a relationship with my friend who has same-sex relationship, but, but is it okay for me to go to their wedding? 
Yeah. You know, and so on one hand, it's one thing to have a relationship, but then it's another thing to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world that right now celebrates everything that is wrong and condemns anything that has an expectation or standard to it. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Does that help any? I think it does, yeah. I mean, kind of what I got from that is um, that, uh, again, you can you can love but have stand firm in your faith, honestly, um, and be ready to defend mm-hmm. what the Bible says. So, yeah. So, and that's what it all goes back to is what does the Bible say mm-hmm. about whatever subject or whatever. But you also, and we talk about this a lot, you have to be able to have differing views um, with people and still communicate with them, love them or whatever, you know, like just whatever. I mean, any basic level, you have to have, be able to have different views of anything and still function together and say, okay, well, we just have different views on that. Right. And it, and it, then I'm not talking about, um, it, it's, you know, politics or the thing that, oh, we mm-hmm. can't have different views and be, and mm-hmm. be okay or whatever. And, but I mean, it can be as little as, you know, Brad's an LSU fan. I'm an Ole Miss fan. We can hate each other or we can say, oh, good job. LSU won today. Ole Miss won today. Or but there's that or one day a year. <laughs> Battle of bragging rights in the web household. It is, but I'm saying, you know, we can still, we can celebrate each other's teams all the rest of the time or whatever. I don't have to say, oh, uh, LSU's the greatest team ever, you know, and all that on an off day or whatever. But my point is that we can have differing views and still be in the same house and stuff. You're going to have different views with people in the church. If not, we would all be clones and it would be like an iRobot movie or whatever. I don't even have a good reference for that. But my point is we would all be exactly alike. And that would be so boring and so not, you know, interesting and not fun and not anything. But you have to be able to say, okay, well, that's not, I I don't agree with you that that person is a horrible person, but I understand that you don't like them. Not, you don't even have to say, I understand why you don't like them. You know, I understand you don't like that person. But that's not all people. Right. You know what? Wow. You, yeah. that, that's not all people. That's not all people in the church. That's not all people. I mean, you might dislike, you know, one person in a family and love the rest of the family, but that one person annoys you. you know? Well, it goes back to what I said earlier. There's doctors that have lost their license, lawyers that have lost their license, but when you need a doctor, you're going to go back to another one. Right. You right. know, and you're exactly. going to take some medicine that you can't pronounce and you can't read his handwriting, but he gave it to you, you know, but you know, plenty of bad doctors, you right. know, and you know, yeah. plenty of bad, um, uh, lawyers. But if you have to have a lawyer, you know, just cause some have messed up, you're not going to not go get a lawyer, you know, and, and vice versa, you know? And so the, the thing that is really pressing here is it, it it's, it's defense mechanisms, you know, and Satan will use anything to keep us from drawing closer to God. Yeah. And uh, a couple of resources, Bree, that I'd like to, to, to share this week. Um, I know we've gone really long here. Um, number Before we give the resources, number one, if you would like us to go further in this conversation, maybe have a follow-up about hurt, just not church hurt, but how do I deal with hurt in general and overcoming that, and how do I have these life relationships with people that have different differing lifestyles. Well, you know what drives me crazy as a preacher is if I come up to somebody and they try to hide their beer or their mm. mixed drink, mm. you know, please don't do that. 
You don't care yeah. if people have a beer. I don't know that I anyone mean, has pub- any pastor has publicly said that. I mean, please don't hide it on my account. Like, just drink your beer. If I come up to you and it's your house or your business or whatever, your or a restaurant, and you're sitting out there, it's your dinner. Like, don't think, you know, be real. Be real about who you are. Because salvation is a lifetime process. You know, he takes us just as we are, but then he refuses to leave us there. And he began, I don't ever, I didn't have to, it's not what I had to give up. It's what I get to let go of as I'm drawing closer and closer to the one who loved me so much that he died for me. And so, a couple of resources, though, Bree. There's three books. I'm going to give you three. You came back. I'm proud of you. Two of them are by Terry Wardale. I was in a hospital for seven days. Darkness was surrounding me like crazy. And a person that I know, Carol, brought me a book called Wounded by Terry Wardale. And that we'll, we'll put a picture of these books on our Instagram or my Facebook page. Um, wounded. And then it's a deep dive. Terry was a pastor who ended up with an emotional breakdown. And he t- t- comes from that. And then another thing, um, um, he had a book called Draw Close to the Fire, which is kind of a, a brief, it's a summary of a couple of books that he has. And then the last one is by Kay Arthur, Lord Heal My Hurts. And that's a deep dive. Yes, that's a deep And um, a deep anything name. by Kay Arthur is deep. Yes. But those are three books that if you're searching for answers, go through them. And God, I promise you, that book, Jesus, man, the Holy Spirit is what restored my life and got me back on the track because I was wounded. You know, I was wounded by everybody that I put stock in had basically turned their back on me except two people. And, uh, man, God brought me from that and healed me from that. There's healing that he will bring to you if you're experiencing these things. So, As you are out there fighting the good fight of faith, I want you to remember that healing is on the way. Please stay humble in your life. If you're a preacher, get over yourself. Stay humble. Ashley, thank you for being with us today. Stay humble. And you're coming back. And Brad's going to yell, stay humble at you. But you can. (laughs) I'm allowed back. You are allowed back. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for challenging us. And as I was saying, stay humble, pray very hard that the Lord may heal your deepest hurts. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Cut him off. See you next week. He keeps going. Because I'm going to preach. Cut him off.